Welcome to Walking with the Archetypes, the podcast which gives you keys to claiming your personal power. For more than a decade now, I've studied the King, Warrior, Magician, Lover archetypes, and in this time of great turmoil, I will reveal their secrets. My name is Ivan Fingenskjær-Schellum, founder of Men's Initiation, Reclaim Your Inner Throne, and it's time now to head outside and walk with the archetypes. Ho, ho, ho! Welcome to a new episode of Walking with the Archetypes. I am your host, Ivan Fiegenskau-Schellum, founder of Reclaiming in a Throne. And it is Christmas. It is Christmas, and we're having a gorgeous day here in Norway as I'm walking across the fields. Bit of snow here now, quite frosty. But no, no conditions for cross-country skiing. So I don't know if that's going to arrive later. Probably will. But it's cold. And I'm happy and joyful to see the kids walking around with excitement in their little bodies. And there's a classical excitement and exuberance in the air for some of these people who live close to my mother's home. And um, I'm going to take this opportunity to talk more about Jesus Christ and God and a little bit about the archetypal significance of Christmas. And if you've been following me for a while, you will know that I have taken a great deal of interest in the message, the heart energy of Jesus Christ over the last several years, even though my path has primarily been Buddhism. I feel my heart starting to realign to Christianity, even though not the institutional corrupted kind, not that kind. So let's dive into the purity of the life, the mythology, the archetypal significance and the message of Jesus Christ today. Let's dive in. So then, let's start by reflecting a little bit on Christmas as I'm walking across these fields here. I have used the mythology of Christmas a lot in Reclaiming a Throne. Who knows if this story is historically accurate, but I'm partial to thinking that Jesus Christ is indeed a historical figure, though the way that his life is portrayed follows some very well-established mythological tracks that you can find in places like Egypt and Persia and other places. The story is something to the effect of this. There is some immaculate birth, some miraculous birth, and a new hope comes into the world. And this hope comes in the form of innocence. And it is innocence so pure that no evil can taint it. And you could say that this is why children are so joy-inducing. You know, they spread so much purity because they haven't been tainted by these kinds of social norms and cultural taboos yet. Now, I'm not a romantic. I don't believe in any kind of child-rearing philosophy 
where you just let your children rear themselves, essentially. But mythologically, this theme of Jesus Christ being born into the world as the hope of humanity is mirrored in the birth of any child. So here we are in these stables, Mother Mary giving birth to him and and Joseph standing guard and the Magi come, give them gifts. There are all kinds of sightings of angels and we know that something quite special has happened, right? And then, as in any mythology that involves the coming of innocence as the new hope of humanity, there's a descent of evil over this beautiful scene that we have in front of us. So, King Herod calls for the infanticide because a word travels to him that there is a new king being born and that it is indeed a boy child and he wants to get them all killed and so he orders an infanticide in the region that he controls. Jesus Christ, of course, lives and grows up to become indeed the Messiah. Now, I'm no religious scholar and the way that my brain works is not really conducive to remembering details very well. I'm more of a pattern recognizer, a map maker. And what I see in these patterns is indeed that this story is a reflection of what happens in so many of our lives, where we become liking Herod that pursues the innocence of our inner world and wants to destroy it. And thus we kill off the hope of humanity and we can never become a fully embodied sovereign man. Yesterday, I had the great privilege to witness the celebration ceremony for the men who just completed round 15. And so much of the work that they did was to embrace this innocence while also embodying a deep level of power and commitment. And as they do so, it is as if this King Herod shadow that has been looming over their life, some kind of inner critic, some kind of inner saboteur, is somehow dispelled. And many of these men told stories of how, for the first time in their life, they felt proud of being a man yet again. So that's the mythical archetypal setup that we have to reclaim our innocence, banish this inner King Herod, the Shadow King, in order to thus embody the sovereign archetype ourselves. We can thus start to reclaim our inner throne and become the kind of men that we feel proud to be. And the level of dignity that comes from that is something else, man. To really feel 100% aligned with yourself, fully on your own team. And if people criticize you, it can hurt. Let's not kid ourselves. But still, your loyalty to yourself and to the kind of service you're here to give to humanity remains unshaken. But I think the conversation I want to have next with you is what happens if we don't have a strong connection with this transpersonal reality in our life. This transpersonal reality may indeed be a form of religious belief. It can be a spiritual practice. 
It can be a dedication to something bigger than myself. But ultimately, as far as belief systems go, the pure and untainted form of Christianity, uncorrupted by power hunger and institutional rot, deep down at the center of Christianity, is an incredibly beautiful message of love, of truth, and of deep and committed service to humanity. This kind of perfection that is embodied by Jesus Christ is not human. And that is what makes him to Christians God. He is untainted, but we are not. So we have to supplicate ourselves to this love, to this energy, in order to have our salvation, essentially. Now, as far as beliefs go, I actually don't believe this is the true reading of the Gospels. Because my path is mysticism. And with mysticism, we come to believe that we can actually create a direct connection to God. And so Jesus Christ himself is merely a perfect embodiment of a particular kind of path that we can all choose to walk. And so on this Christmas Eve, I welcome you, Jesus Christ, into my heart, into this world and to be with us on this podcast and in our own respective families as we celebrate the holiday that is in your honor, even though it is based on archetypal themes in other cultures. And it's in a way also an appropriation of the pagan ritual of the return of the sun that doesn't undermine the fact that there is a living reality here at least not for me. And after the break, we're going to go deeper into what this living reality represents for us. I'm going to draw some parallels between Buddhism and Christianity. And by the end of this podcast, I hope that we're going to be able to bring a little bit of the sacred into our Christmas celebration. So I will be speaking to you again after the break. So it is Christmas and to celebrate the holidays, we have decided to put on a Christmas sale inside of our community platform, Sanctuary. Once you're there, you can now get ultimate intro to masculine archetypes. The training that gives you access to your masculine operating system so that you know what next steps you need to take in life. You can get that for less than half price, $79 compared to $179. So it's an absolute steal. But also in 2022, we will be creating a whole new membership inside of Sanctuary that will give you access to various kinds of meditation, group experiences, you get access to exciting and powerful articles and live streams. And if you make your way to Sanctuary right now, you may be able to lock in that membership at a significant discount. So sign up for Sanctuary on innerthrone.com sanctuary and find those offers there. Now, let's return to the show. Welcome back, my friend. It is time to get a bit closer to the essence of these holidays. And I say that as the sun is setting over the horizon and the air is quite magical. 
so the sacred is with me. So let me go to the personal backstory here of me having been very deeply into Buddhism for yeah most of my 20s, early 30s. And I moved into Buddhism because I had a confrontation with the reality of samsara. Samsara is the... Uh, doctrine of Buddhism, that life is suffering, that there is a cause of suffering, there is a cessation of suffering, there's a, there's a path to the cessation of suffering. And uh, I, I was drawn to that message. I wanted the cessation of suffering. And so at that point, I started to meditate a lot and I came to be the guy that wanted to refine his mind, his consciousness. This is a very common experience for the Western youth and even adults that move to the East in order to find a new spiritual home. There is a tendency of fleeing the pain of life and the West that seems so materially oriented and so confused. And um, we're entering this path that is something of a transcending path of like moving away from life, away from the body in order to reach these profound states of equanimity sublime absorption, meditative absorption, maybe if you come far enough, you start to climb the ladder towards enlightenment and move towards realizing the Dharmakaya, the ultimate truth, the, the emptiness, the clear light consciousness. And while there is a strong emphasis and particularly the tantric paths of Buddhism, such as Tibetan Vajrayana Buddhism, of refining the body, of doing all kinds of practices with the energy channels of the body, doing the yogas, doing sexual practices, so on and so forth, in order to refine this consciousness. I'd say that Buddhism, on the whole, is the journey from matter to consciousness. To refine matter in order for it to not be an impediment to the realization of clear light consciousness. This was so much of my life and one of the reasons why I have become so touched by Christianity over these last years of my life is that I feel that in some way the journey there is the other way around. It is the journey of clear light consciousness, God consciousness, God incarnating as human, becoming flesh in order to serve humanity. Christianity is an incarnational faith system. It is about being fully in the world and bring the kingdom of heaven into the world.
And you could say then that this birth, death and resurrection myth of the Christian Gospels is really a metaphor for a much deeper spiritual universal principle of consciousness becoming flesh in order for that flesh to reveal itself among human beings as the pathway back to consciousness back to the non-dual infinite love and so then the Christ to me is a bridge a bridge between indeed three worlds because you know he has opened up the underworld for the eternal life so he had to travel down to the underworld to plant the seeds somehow for the for the pathway back to the kingdom of heaven and he goes up to God and he stays there for a while and he comes back to mankind to share the good message the good word and this theme of a bridge between God and human beings it touches me so deeply and the sacrifice that had to be made in order for that bridge to be constellated touches me so deeply and I do believe that these two religious spiritual traditions that have become so prominent in the interfaith conversations in the West over the past many decades that they are in some way polarities of a greater whole that are both needed in order to have some sort of spiritual completion and we can see this in how the contemplative Christians had to go to the Buddhists in order to reclaim their contemplative tradition because they had lost it for various bullshit reasons about spiritual doctrine and I don't know exactly the kind of nonsense that happens in institutionalized religion made it so that the contemplative traditions lost their actual practice and they had to go to the Buddhists to get it back. Whereas the Buddhists, especially the ones in the West, had to go to the Christians to claim some kind of tradition of sacred service. Because Buddhists have a tendency of sitting in monasteries and meditating all day and have less of a tradition to actually serve the local community. And so this meeting between worlds is beautiful. Very beautiful. And at this point, I would like to remind you of a principle that I shared at the beginning of this year, which is that we do need a connection with God, with the spiritual, with the divine, in order to actually, truly, authentically become sovereign. And may you feel into that place now. Maybe somewhere above you, where there is some kind of connection, maybe some clear light consciousness coming through, some love coming through, and that in times such as these, that connection is all the more important. I do sense in the world that there is a rot in the institutional systems in human consciousness itself that has been moving away from God for a long time now. 
God is dead, heralded Nietzsche, and it seems to be true, and we are, in fact, suffering the consequences. The atheist would have it that being free from God is some sort of ultimate liberation, but the truth of the moment indicates anything but. So when the atheists broke free from the church during the Western Enlightenment, it was to become free from dogma and the increasingly totalitarian rule of a church that had lost its way. And so that came into the world, that paradigm of rationality and reductionism, scientific method, that came as something beautiful at the time. And anyone who is an atheist today, and I think we've all been in periods of our lives where we have been, will remain in that paradigm of thinking that we're still moving away from the the dogma of superstitious belief and a totalitarian patriarchal god in the sky, some version of that. And with this as the basic premise, we're hoping then from the perspective of atheism to find more freedom, more love, more democracy, all of these things in the world. But as we look at the world today, that promise does not seem to hold up anymore. And it seems very clear by now that man cannot do without religion, especially not in liminal times such as these. And as a result, rationality is dying and is being replaced by scientism, which is the religion of science. And it is as much of a religion as Christianity is, which is what is so peculiar about it. The problem, of course, with scientism is that it is humans who are now the gods. Humans like Anthony Fauci that say, I am science, and thus inhabit some kind of grandiose god complex. And so it is this particular form of religion that is formed now that is just wreaking havoc over the world. And to me, this particular religion looks like the most Luciferian religion that I've ever seen. It literally is the religion of making human beings into machines, ones and zeros, bits and bytes. And it's as satanic as anything that I've ever seen. And so obviously there is a need now to re-embrace Jesus and the Christian message from a higher level of development so that we can get an authentic religious tradition from an enlightened and integral, holistic viewpoint back into our lives. And this is why returning to the soul of Christmas from this higher vantage point is so damned important. I would wish for us all to reclaim some of this tradition back in our hearts because we live in the time of the lie and there is a truth and there is a love that wants to be conveyed to us through this story and you do not have to make it religious if you do not wish to because this is an archetypal mythological theme as well that just indicates that something greater than ourselves, be it God, the mystery, the universe, has landed among us, turned into flesh and blood so that we can be in relationship to it. And thus, 
through that relationship, find salvation from all of the sufferings of being a limited space-time self, small s self, that has all of these sufferings based on being so focused on all of my small little problems. In relationship to this greater reality, whether we choose to see it as religious truth or not, we get to bow. We get to kneel to that which is greater than ourselves. And as we do so, that bridge opens up and we get to walk the same path as Jesus Christ himself once walked. This is the esoteric interpretation. This is the mystical teaching of Christianity. That a path has been paved by Jesus and we now get to walk that with him. However imperfect we are, we get to calibrate again and again based on this relationship to the perfect template that is this mythical figure of Jesus Christ. We get to be inspired by him. We get to strive to be something like him. It is a mysterious thing, but to me it is a marvelous thing. It opens my heart. It uh, fills me with a kind of awe. And uh, I'm pleased to have had the opportunity to share this with you today. All right, people, that is it for today. It is time for me now to walk back and to join my mother and Michelle. We're just the three of us this year. And um, I need to contribute now. It's a little bit of cleaning downstairs left to do. My mother is taking care of the pork ribs. And Michelle and myself, yeah, we're just intent on having a good time. Spend these last days in Norway before we go back to Sweden. Given that the world is changing as much as it is, I sometimes wonder if this is the last Christmas celebration that we get to have in this paradigm of our civilization. It is possible that we get a few more, but not that many. The world that we live in is going through its death and will be reborn, much like Jesus was, which makes this Christmas all the more significant to me. And so I wish you all to have the most beautiful Christmas with much love and celebration and joy so that we can face 2022 once it comes ready to start building this new world because the one we have sure as hell will fall in the next few years. This does not need to scare you, rather use it as an opportunity to play out the very same mythological theme as we have been discussing in this podcast of death and rebirth, of God and human reconnecting. My ears are cold. I'm actually generally cold. It is cold. <laughs> and the fields here are beautiful. My beloved oak over here, I just love this oak so much. You know, I'm a sucker for oak trees. Uh, it's standing over here and yeah, it's, it's just time to get back now. So Merry, Merry Christmas and ho, ho, ho. Have a good time 
and we will speak again next Friday. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining me in this week's Walking with the Archetypes. It's been a pleasure to spend this time with you. And don't forget, you are invited to come walk with me next Friday when we will take another deep dive into the archetypal realms. To go deeper with this masculine operating system, head over to MasculineOS.com for a comprehensive free guide.